Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello there and welcome to Charlton Live. It's the big match preview looking ahead to Saturday's home game with QPR. My name is Louis Mendez and joining me here on the phone to look ahead to that massive game against the R's. Uh, in one, we've got uh, Mr. Tom Wallin. How you doing, Tom? Yeah, not bad, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. How's your week been? That's been alright. I've been on leave, so uh, enjoying this, this nice weather. Lovely stuff. Also on the phone, we've got Mr. Lewis Cat. How you doing, Luke? Yeah, good mate, thank you. You yeah. okay? Yeah, not too bad. Are you looking forward to the game on Saturday? I am, mate, yeah, especially after uh, after last Saturday, definitely. It's, yeah. it's nice to have the football back, nice exactly. to have Charlton back. Exactly, we're on a roll as well. And uh, also joining us uh, is Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nathan? Nathan? Hello? Hello, you alright? Hello, mate. I don't know what I've done there. I think I've, <laughs> I think I've started spouting, about, spouting away with you on, which is probably... Uh, Really clever of me, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not bad. Oh, living, living the dream, I understand. <laughs> oh, I nearly thought then. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you could say that. It's been nice stuck indoors when it's nice outside. Wish I was in uh, Tom's shoes. Yeah. Enjoying the sun. Been looking at his Instagram. Looking nice, mate. Liking the shades. <laughs> Cheers, nice. mate. Oh, <laughs> appreciate that. Right. That's all right. Five, Take, five invoice in the post. Thank you. Yeah, Take your <laughs> flirting offline, uh, please, lads. So, so you on the uh, on tonight's show? We'll be looking ahead, uh, as we said, to Saturday's game with QPR. We're going to hear from, of course, the Addicts boss uh, Lee Bowyer as he talks about the game. Also talks about the new contracts he's awarded to Albie Morgan and Josh Davison. We're also going to hear from Jason Pierce. He got the winning goal on our return to action up at the KCOM Stadium against Hull City on Saturday. So we'll hear from Jace. And finally, we're also going to hear from Ratish Mishra, the manager of the Charlton Athletic women's team um, with the season having drawn to a close uh, recently and it was voted uh, that play would no longer go on. I thought I'd catch up with Ratish to find out what he made uh, of last season and he's got a little bit of an uh, appeal uh, ahead of next year. So let's uh, dive straight into it, shall we? Uh, we want to hear from Lee Bowyer. It's a massive game against QPR and the first thing I guess you want to know is uh, what's the injury crisis looking looking like? It used to be an injury crisis uh, how are we looking now in terms of injuries? Yeah, no, we're okay. Um, we picked up a couple um, in, in the friendlies that we played, Lewis Page and um, Young Smithy. Um, so they're still out, the pair of them, but not really long-term or anything like that. So uh, it's just a bit too early for them. But they're the only two. They're the only two we, that we have. So um, we're, we're looking okay at the moment. So how will the dynamics be different in, in this game? And will you feel the pressure of being a home team even though there's no crowd or does it work in reverse? I don't think there's any pressure really apart from just getting the three points because there is no crowd. If you make a mistake, there is no crowd to let you know you've made a mistake. So I've said before, it could benefit some players. Um, they could maybe express themselves more than they normally would do. Um, because there isn't the criticism from the fans on the side when you hear the moans and the groans. So, um, but some players will go the other way and need that crowd to, to get them going. So, but but for us, we've tried to prepare the best we can and and play games like everybody else. So it's as realistic as possible when we do come to play matches. So we've played a couple at the Valley and we know what it's going to be like and. We have to. The most important thing is, is is just to get the result. And and on Saturday, I felt we went into the game. I felt very confident before it. The training and the build up to it was, was very good. And when I was in the dressing room before the before the game at Hull, I, I, f I could feel like the energy and, and the positivity, you know. And this week's been no different. We've we've trained well, um, and. I'm looking forward to getting in the dressing room on Saturday and, and seeing how it feels and 
But the players, I've said all along, they're in a good place. So it's, it's good. What, how difficult is it to prepare to face a team like QPR? I mean, they're very erratic. They've got some excellent players, but they're also capable of throwing in your bad result like you did against Barnsley on Saturday. Much of it must depend on which QPR turns up, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they've got some excellent players, haven't they? Let's, let's, let's be honest, they've got some outstanding people that can hurt you. Um, I know the winger that came on against us when we played up there, he made a difference and, and managed to put them in front um, when we was on top at the time. So you got the young Nez in, in the middle of the park, who's a very good player, can, can just make a goal from nothing, sees passes. And then obviously you've got the big fellow up top, who's a threat. Um, but again, if we can look after their main threats and then do what we're good at, then we also pose threats. So I think it would be quite an even game. Um, Barnsley obviously had a great result last weekend against them. And um, yeah, hopefully we can do the same. So there we go, Lee Bowyer looking ahead to the, the game against QPR, Tom. Um, yeah, well, good good news. There's no fresh injuries. I think we knew about Pagey and uh, Matt Smith. He didn't mention Andre Green uh, or Jake Forsikaski, who were both missing up at the KCOM the other day. So maybe there's hope for them coming back. I think I saw that Andre's back in training. Um, but yeah, big game against QPR. Uh, How do you feel going into it, Tom, on the back of a 1-0 win up at Hull? It's given me a lot of confidence. I think all of the build-up over the past, what's it been, 100 days or something, makes you wonder what you're going to get from this team. But I think I saw enough at Hull to know that they're going to be up for the fight. They looked fit physically, um, so they look in good shape. I think they were a little bit rusty to start with, as we said on Sunday, but they grew into the game. Um, and it's going to be another difficult one, um, as they all are when you're down in that part of the league. But... Yeah, I think I've seen enough over the last game to know that they're gonna, they're certainly going to be ready. Um, and just with the injuries there and, and how the team and the squad is panning out, I think we've got a good strength in depth now, certainly for the kind of eight games left, sort of mini run that we've got left. So I think we've got enough in our side that we can rotate where we need to and, and freshen things up, which I think Bo's will. But um, yeah, I'm kind of I'm more excited now, whereas I was nervous in the build-up to last week. Yeah, I mean, Lewis, how important do you think that momentum will be from the 1-0 the win up at Hull? Oh, massively. I, I think that it was, like I said on last week's show, mentally, to, to now be sat outside the bottom three and, and to stay out of it being in our own hands, that'll, that'll boost the players mentally um, in, a, in, a, in a massive way going into this weekend. Um, back on home soil as well. Obviously, it won't be the same without without the fans there, but back at the Valley where we always feel like we've, We've got an edge on people. I, I always sort of back us at home uh, against the QPR side that had a disappointing result last weekend against uh, against Barnsley. So I think I think now that mentally, now we're out of that bottom three, it's obviously in our hands to stay out of it. There's a couple of teams below us before you even get to Hull as well. Now you you know Borough are below us as well. So there's there's a that little bit of a cushion which. Yeah, it just shows how how crazy it would have been if they'd have ended it on points per game, wouldn't it? Because you know, one game down the line, and we're we're two two positions higher than we were uh, a week ago. So the the whole result was was huge, and it, and it's gonna uh, it's so important now that we we build on that, keep the same momentum going, the same fight that we saw as Tom mentioned there, and uh, go and try and do the same thing against QPR on Saturday. Yeah, I mean Lewis mentioned there the the poor result Nathan that QPR had. They got beat at home against Barnsley on their return to action. Um, I mean, it's a QPR side. They're, a sort, they're sort of hit and miss, really, aren't they? Um, they're sitting seven points outside the playoffs now. I think, you know, my neighbour's a QPR fan, and I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago before before we got back into into action. He was sort of, you know, I'm in an iron about their chances of maybe making up that points gap, although, I mean, they're sitting down in 13th despite the, uh, the, the shortish points uh, gap they, they have to climb. Uh, but they've got... Um, They've got some quality in that side, haven't they? I mean, Isaiah Biro, of course, is uh, the player that, that that stands out for for most 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 people. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think we said on the on the shows leading up to um, you know, in lockdown, we all said that form's going going to go out the window, and it, it probably will because for us, it's we were on a bad run, and now we've we've started with a bang, and um, I think it's it was important to get that first win. Um, I know it's only one game, but it's not one game of 46. It's one game of nine. So it, it, it definitely amps the pressure up a little bit. But like you say, in terms of 
QPR themselves, you mentioned Ezzy there, who came from a mere wall. I don't think he'll be at QPR next year. I think he's way too good uh, for QPR. You had Luke Mossad, who was who caused us all sorts of problems in that first half, dropping deep. And then they had the subs of, uh, say, Bright Samuel, who would change the game, really, when he came on. So they've got some dangerous players. So even though they had a poor result, which they you know they wanted to get off to a start, to a good start like everyone else, but um, they've definitely got some players that can cause us a lot of problems like a lot of other teams in this division so um, it would surprise me if it'll be a cagey affair again it probably will be for the first two three games but yeah I think if if we can try and keep Ezzy quiet um, and if, if we do go narrow which Bose does like to do then we need to be able to cope with um, say Samuel which if it's interesting if he puts uh, Deji out at left back again because that's who we'll come up against mm, yeah Tom I mean Obviously, like we say, QPR can be a, a dangerous side. But looking at our own eleven, it, I mean, it's hard, isn't it, really, to predict what changes there will be because, I mean, it's so fluid now. Obviously, you're allowed to make up to five subs as well. We've got a much uh, fitter squad than we did have before lockdown commenced. So it's quite hard to actually pick an eleven. But are there, are there any players that you think will have a chance coming in off, uh, you know, who were on the bench last time, maybe could start this time? Johnny Williams, uh, Chucks and Ek. I mean, who, who do you think's got an opportunity, perhaps, to? To, to come in and start on Saturday? I think you could argue any of the players that came off the bench at the weekend and possibly anyone who didn't as well. I think that's, as you said just then, the beauty of the squad we've got. And I think, I don't think there were many fans that would have picked the starting 11 that, that were picked last week. Um, and there were plenty of people who were quick to kind of pile in on the Twitter when the squad got announced and uh, were soon eating their words, obviously, with the result. But you know, you understand the confusion when Deji goes in at left back and you think, right, what's he doing here? And Albie Morgan, who he's previously criticised for some of the work that he maybe hasn't done and he's starting. But I think, as, as you said, that's the beauty of, of the squad. I think I could see Perrington coming back in as a natural left back, possibly. Um, I don't think Johnny's done himself any harm at all if they want to maybe rotate him and McGeady. And same with Chucks. I thought he looked lively when he came on as well. So he could maybe rotate either in that number 10 or in the front two as well. So... Formation-wise, I'd be surprised if we change from the diamond, uh, or rather the narrow four-four-two, if you like, because I know that's what Bose likes to play. But I do think that there will be personnel changes because, yes, we've got a full squad now, and yes, they've had a week since their last game and they've had a lot of time to build up to it. But we have to remember that injuries can happen very, very easily when players haven't played a lot of football. So I think we need to manage a lot of the players carefully. And as you say, with the five substitutes now, it gives us the chance to change effective well half of the outfield squad in a game so I think we need to be careful with how we manage our substitutions which again we said on Sunday Bose did brilliantly in the first game so we've got a lot of options there which is which is good mm, yeah I mean Bose's been saying quite a lot Lewis about how players have come back from lockdown differently if, if you know I think uh, he was talking about how Albie Morgan's come back looking a lot fitter for example um, I mean, Aidan McGeady was one who stood out for me as well. I mean, th- th- this is a this this bizarre mini season is a real chance for some of these players to to go and prove themselves, prove their worth, see if they're you know not necessarily at Charlton, but certainly go and prove it. It's almost like a shop window for themselves to go and prove that they'll be worthy of a contract uh, in the Championship next season. Yeah, I think you'd have to add Tom Ahmed to that list as well. I thought that he played outstandingly on on Saturday. I thought he was he was strong. His hold up play was good. He brought others into play with his passing. Um, it just looked a lot a lot fitter than, than he did before the lockdown. And the breaks probably benefited a player like him. Obviously, the loss of Lars Taylor that we've had as well. We were we were talking about how this opens a door for somebody to come in and prove themselves. And, you know, the likes of Chuck Sinike, the likes of Timur Hemed, uh, playing alongside Macaulay Botton, have got they've got points to prove and and they've got critics to to prove wrong. Um, and again you mentioned Albie Morgan, I thought he was I thought he was incredible last Saturday and we've had it quite a few times where maybe Albie's been criticised for his uh, performances defensively um, but I think Tom put the perfect tweet out on Saturday about you don't really you don't really care about that so much when he plays like he did on, on Saturday his, his passing is, is outstanding and the, that direct approach probably played a huge part in that game because it was leggy you know it was tiring we've, we've got players that are not running on empty as such but are lacking that match sharpness and we were able to to play in those in those gaps left by Hull, and, and Albie's direct passing was a was a huge player in, in how we did that. So I, I think that there's a real platform for these players to to prove a point. And like you say, whether that be 
uh, in Ch- at Charlton next season or whether it be another club, um, they're going to want to come out there and, and have a point to prove. And, and also, I'd like to think that they're doing it because they genuinely want to get Charlton out of out of relegation trouble and, and keep us in the division. Because I, you know, there aren't many people I look at there that if they got offered a new deal next season not, that I'd be unhappy about. And before the lockdown, I think we were, you know, we, we'd looked at a couple of players and thought maybe they're not best suited to us and, and now I think everyone's got a point to prove and if and if they muck in now and give a hundred percent and sort of change the opinion of, of some of the supporters and who knows what sort of um, what sort of squad we'll have next season. Excellent stuff. Well, yeah, of course, the uh, players will be looking to try and change the opinion in some cases of uh, some of the supporters, but the supporters won't be there to watch it. It's our first home game uh, under the new regulations uh, behind closed doors. Uh, so I was really curious as to what Lee Bayer thought about that. Um, I mean, how is it different? And uh, he was asked that during press day today. I mean, is there more pressure on you because you are the home team? I don't think there's any pressure, really, apart from just getting the three points. Because there is no crowd, if you make a mistake, there is no crowd to let you know you've made a mistake. So, I've said before, it could benefit some players. Um, They could maybe express themselves more than they normally would do. Um, because there isn't the criticism from the fans on the side when you hear the moans and the groans. So, um, but some players will go the other way and need that crowd to, to get them going. So, but but for us, we've tried to prepare the best we can and and play games like everybody else. So it's as realistic as possible when we do come to play matches. So we've played a couple at the Valley and we know what it's going to be like and. We have to. The most important thing is, is is just to get the result. And and on Saturday, I felt we went into the game. I felt very confident before it. The training on the build up to it was, was very good. And when I was in the dressing room before the before the game at Hull, I, I, f- I could feel like the energy and, and the positivity, you know. And this week's been no different. We've we've trained well, um, and. I'm looking forward to getting in the dressing room on Saturday and, and seeing how it feels. And But the players, I've said all along, they're in a good place. So it's, it's good. Um, you've spoken about maybe being at home and it having it, it having pros and cons to not having the fans there. I wonder um, what you feel about there being such a thing as home advantage in this new normal. No, I think it's been proven in Germany, isn't it? Yeah. That it, it makes absolutely no difference whether you're home and away. Um, the only difference is we'll, we'll be used to our pitch. Our pitch is a big pitch. Um, using QPR as an example, our next game, they're used to a smaller pitch. So um, that could maybe give us a slight advantage, but obviously crowd noise is not going to be there. So... Um, which is disappointing for us because our crowd do play a big part when we're playing at home. So, but it's the same for everybody, but there's going to be no excuses there. But yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back to the Valley and, and, and playing games because we always play well when we're at home. But there's not been a game this season that I look back and think, oh, we was really poor today. So um, yeah, I'm looking, get, looking forward to getting back there. I heard you though saying after the whole game that something that was, um, you were, thinking about was the fact that you wanted to shout instructions to your players without the opposing manager hearing what you were saying and that might be a problem in a in a, a ground without any fans have you worked out yeah. a way of doing that not really but the only positive thing with uh with, with our dugouts are they there is a bit of distance between them um but obviously the weekend and, and most stadiums that they're not far apart maybe five ten yards apart some um so when you are shouting on instructions, obviously the, the next bench can hear it. So there's no other way around it because it, it's a split second thing. It might be that a fullback needs to get round or I have to shout it because if I don't, then he ain't going to get round. So um, so it ain't just a bench here and it's the other players, opposition players. You might try and change formation or something. The drinks break help now as well. I think the two drinks breaks, I think we've managed to change things a couple of times during that. So... Uh, without anybody over overhearing. So uh, that, that was maybe one way that we'll have to try and try and do things. But sometimes you can't wait for that. So, hmm, so that's what Lee Bayer made of it, Nathan. Um, he doesn't think it'll be too different, really. Um, I mean, what, what do you reckon, Nathan? You, you go into a game as a home team when there's a big crowd and sometimes you expect a team to come and sit behind the ball because of that. 
I mean, is this is this going to be different because you know there, there's no crowd to get on QPR's back? Are they just going to come out and try and play their own game? Yeah, I think I think you've got you've got obviously you've got pros and cons with both. I mean, the cons is that you probably, um, as a home side, you don't feed off the atmosphere that's in the stadium, um, which it, I'm talking about a good atmosphere, uh, obviously. Um, but then on the flip side, you could have players in that this time of the season where it's starting to get a lot more pressurised, and you could even throw the likes of Albie in there and maybe the George Lapsleys of the world that. Because the the pressure's the pressure is there, but if they make a pass, you know, there's not going to be a massive groan or anything. And I think some players may actually prefer it. I mean, you hear it a lot all the time where you'll have a player that'll be absolutely unreal in training. Um, and I'm talking about top Premier League players, unreal in training. But then it'll come to a match day and they'll just freeze. Um, and you could have players like that. And some players will thrive on playing in. I mean, I know when Bo said about Chuck's banging in three goals against the under-23s, I know it's a different game altogether, but do you know what I mean? It's like there's no pressure, there's no there's no one, not booing, but, you know, you know, moaning and groaning if there's a misplaced pass or whatever. So I think it'll be interesting, but well, I don't think we'll feel extra pressure. I don't think we'll take the foot off the pedal because, like managers have already said, with no fans in the stadium, they can't. the players can't blame the noise that they can't listen to the instructions. So if, if Bose gives something or Jacko gives something out and they don't do it, they ain't got that back up and go, oh, I couldn't hear, Gaffer. Mm. It's like, right, off you come, son. Do you know what I mean? So I think it could go either way. I don't think you're going to get a massive advantage playing at home or away. Um, I think we could all start clutching at straws and say that, but I think at the end of the day, as soon as you get your mind on a game of football, a lot of players will say that they usually block out the noise anyway. Um, mm. But that noise, I think if we're... If we're like one 0 up, like Hull, I mean, we could have, um, you know, you could say that the away fans help you get that that victory and was got behind the lads. But then at the same time, you could also say, but the fans could have made you nervous every time you try to clear a ball and everyone gets nervous and then the players feel it. Then you sit back. Um, so I think I, I can't see much different. It'll be different as a obviously an atmosphere, but I don't see it having a massive effect on the result personally. Yeah, it'd be strange for all of us though, who have, of course tend to tend to go to the home games, Tom. Um, I mean, we've already talked about what it was like as a as a, as an away fan, sort of watching it over video. Um, but as a home fan, it's going to be doubly strange knowing you're only only a few miles down the road and you can't go and watch it. Yeah, and I think. Uh, probably hand on heart I might not have been at Hull had there been football anyway um, so I could kind of understand not being at that game but I don't think since I've moved down here and since I've had a season ticket there's not been a Saturday where I've been around and I've chosen not to go down there I've only ever not gone down or gone to a game because I'm busy so to look down and watch it and see your own seat and know that you should be sitting there but can't be and that there's some cardboard cutout probably in my seat because um, it's down in the North Lower will be very strange um, and it's that more familiarity you know I've never been to the whole stadium so I don't know what it looks like when it's full but you know what the valley's like normally um, so it's going to be very strange but I think as the other guys have said you know the players have to try and take on board what Bose is saying which obviously as Nate said there they've got no excuse for doing um, and just try and, and channel what we saw at whole really which was them all pulling together and putting in a really disciplined performance um, and try and take you know, comfort in the fact, if you like, that there's a lot of us back at home watching, um, cheering them on, even if we're not in the ground and they can't necessarily hear us. Excellent stuff. Now, of course, the win up at Hull saw us climb out of that relegation zone. Uh, we now see it proudly a point above it. We're on 42 points. Hull City are at the top of the relegation on full, uh, zone on 41. Middlesbrough on 41 as well in 21st. Huddersfield uh, join us in uh, on 42 points. Uh, in 20th we're in a 19th with 42 points um, it was a discussion we had quite a lot earlier on in the season how many points do you think uh, you need for survival uh, in the championship and uh, with these new circumstances we're in Terry uh, was on the uh, press day zoom chat with Lee Bayer earlier on today and asked the gaffer how many points he thought we'd need to make sure that we ensure our championship status for next season we're gonna need more than the person in third bottom that's what we're going to do. I can't tell you how much that's going to be at the moment because, like you see, the weekend, I think the bottom three, everyone got something out of the out of their games. Obviously, Barnsley won, Luton drew, and we won. And now I think we climbed two places. Um, it's very tight down there. There's, there's, 
I think the weekend maybe Stoke play Middlesbrough again. It's, that could go either way. And then if if we get the result that, that I'm hoping we get, then maybe we could climb another one or two places. You know, that's that's how close it is. Um, so most important thing is come 22nd is that we're out of that bottom three. I don't care how many points we're on as long as we're out of that bottom three. <laughs> Vague, I think, is what you can call that. I mean, earlier on in the season, I think, you know, I, I, I definitely said 40, I thought 45 would be enough at one point because it had been in maybe seven or eight of the last 10 seasons. I mean, it's clearly not going to be that now, Lewis, because there's still nine games left to go and Hull are on 41. So it's going to be... It's, it's hard to put your finger on exactly how many you're going to need now, isn't it? Oh, it is, yeah. And I, I remember you saying sort of back back at the start of the season or towards the middle of the season, we were looking at the 45-point mark as being safe. Then we had a couple of people tweeting and disagree and, and agree. And it, it, like you say, it depends on, on the season. I imagine people have gone down on, on quite high points, tallies that if you compared them against other seasons, they probably would have finished... You know, way safe of the of the drop zone. So it is. It's going to be really interesting to see how it all works out mathematically. I mean, I think that we're going to go in, and I think our run is is fairly. I wouldn't say generous, but QPR realistically, do they have a huge amount to play for? I think they're about seven points off the playoffs and nine clear of the drop. So you could argue that they they may not be. Um, you know, looking to they're not they can't really fight for promotion, and they're, they're, the likelihood is they're not going to get relegated. They've come out and sort of uh, said before the season restarted that they weren't overly keen on the on the speed of which the restart happened. So there's that factor. Cardiff are obviously impressive uh, at the moment. They're just outside the playoffs, so they've got a bit to play for. Millwall, we all we know how the Millwall games always go. Uh, knowing our luck, we probably beat them at home when none of us can see it. <laughs> um, Leeds, you'd like at the, at the end, even if you're taking it to the final day, you'd like to hope that that they might either either be promoted or be champions by then. I haven't got a huge amount to play for either. If it, if it comes down to that, but you know, like I'd like to be, I'd like to be safe mathematically by the Wigan game, but I don't know how likely that's going to be because there's going to be a lot of twists and turns over these next eight, you know, these eight remaining games. Um, I, I'd like to think that we've got the fight to stay out of that bottom three now, but. It's only a point between us and Hull, um, so it's going to be tight. But I've looked at how we how we played the other day and how Hull played, and you think that one of those sides looked like they had real fight and determination, and the other, the other just looked like they didn't want to be back playing football. Um, so I'd like to think we're going to have a bit of an advantage there. Um, I saw a tweet earlier in the week about about that this, the other sides near the drop zone have they got the fight for it? Charlton Athletic have got have got Boyer and Bulls, and that. That's you know that's the perfect statement really because we've said it so many times that if there's if there is a side that we feel like we can get behind and we can trust are going to give their all it's one that's managed by by both so I'd like to think that mentally we've we've got a better edge than some of the other teams down there but in terms of points I think we're going to have to just try and we're going to have to really try and win every single game and get as many points on the board as we can um, realistically I'd say a safe number now. If, what we on forty two? If we could, if we could rock up into maybe maybe fifty two by the end of the season, I, I, I think I'd be happy with that. But mm. we'll have to see how everyone else plays as well. Yeah, you'd have to hope fifty two would be more than enough. I mean, Nathan Bowe's obviously not giving a number. Do you think behind the scenes they set a target? Because he was talking about setting targets earlier on in the season. Do, do you reckon he's got one in his mind that he thinks will be enough? Uh, I I'm not sure. I think I think he's probably gonna. He'll probably have more of an idea after three, four games. I think because it's because at the moment it's like um, there's no rhythm as such. It's exactly like you have in. So at the beginning of a normal season, if you ask a manager what what the safety point number is going to be after three games, they're going to be like, "Oh, I don't really know." But now it's only nine games left, so you should really know. But Again, because of fitness and, you know, you've got five subs and people are able to make more impact in a game. Um, and it's just, you know, some... Because obviously, we're in, if it was in a normal sort of way, in a normal season, he'd be able to gauge it 
because everyone's going to be at their peak. Everyone's going to be having form, whereas now it's literally starting from zero. So he doesn't know how fit the other teams are. You know, what injuries have they got? You know, no one's on form. So it's hard really to to try and gauge what that number would be. So it doesn't, he probably, he probably has a number, but again, he's probably had a number all season, but it's like you were saying, 45 would have been fine, but that's thrown out the window now. So it'll always just keep changing. I mean, whoever's bottom, is it Luton? They're on 30 odd points and they 38 or something. Yeah, Luton on 36. So That's what I mean. So it's mad. So really 36, that's quite a lot if you're bottom of the league. Because like usually you'll have some, load of old wrongans who are like on 10 points or something do you know what I mean but um, but yeah I think he'll probably have a number in his head but I don't think he'll be saying that to the squad he'll probably be talking in his you know in his meetings with the coaching staff to try and pick the games that they're they're likely going to be having um, it's just a shame it's a shame we don't really have a lot of teams playing that, that are towards the back end of the season like playoffs because I think if you're playing a playoff team and they're safe say for an example um, like a, who, I don't know who's up in third or fourth Fulham, or where Fulham on 64 Brentford exactly. on, yeah. they're on six, it's pretty likely they're going to get playoffs so that those last two games I'm pretty sure Scotty isn't going to be playing his full bang on team um, because the, the playoffs are going to come really quick, um, especially with the injuries and the amount of subs now. So it's a shame we ain't got none of that. But um, I think he'll have a number, um, but I don't think he's going to show his hand straight away, I don't think. Excellent stuff. Right, let's have a break here on Charlton Live, the big match preview. When we come back, we'll discuss the new contracts for, for Albie Morgan and for Josh Davison. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across, Bowers there, pierces there, Bowers with a header, and it's Joe! Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr! The absolute German beauty! Woo! Dream lads! Charlton have scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it all! Get in! Come on! What a time to be here! Here at Wembley! Oh my word! Oh my word! Charlton Live! Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview on your Thursday evening. We're looking ahead to Saturday's home game with QPR. But some good news came in this afternoon. New contracts uh, on the table for Albie Morgan. Got a three-year deal. Uh, and Josh Davison got a two-year deal with a one-year option. Um, I mean, we, we let, let's bring Tom in because he's a big Albie Morgan fan. Uh, so I guess that put a big smile on your face. Very big smile, yeah. Very, very happy with that. And... I said it on Sunday's show that the, the tweet on Saturday was slightly tongue-in-cheek um, because whilst I'm not particularly fussed about what he does defensively, I completely understand why Boya wants to improve that part of his game. Um, but I said again on Sunday's show that if we didn't tie him down to a long contract, then we risked losing a very, very, very good player because you know I really do think he's potentially got the world at his feet if he can if he can get himself sorted with that defensive aspect um, because going forward, uh, you know... I don't think I'm overstating it to say he picks out passes that not many of our team could pick out that I've seen in in a few years. Um, You know, he's got such a good range of passing and such good vision. And, you know, I don't think you can necessarily teach that. He's just got a real, real talent. Um, So, yeah, I was delighted with that. Um, Really good. I think, as Boya has said, there's going to be bits of his game he does need to work on. 
but hopefully it gives him an opportunity now to start to maybe stabilise a position in this team. Um, maybe not necessarily week in, week out over the next season or so, because he's still a very young player, but I think it's certainly a sign from our side that we see him as an important part of our future. Um, or at the very least, we make sure that we can protect making sure we get some money out of him if we were to move him on. So, yeah, I was delighted with that. Josh Davison, I know a little bit less about. We haven't maybe seen as much of him and he's perhaps a year or so behind in his development from Albie Morgan. Um, I know we've seen a little bit of him. Um, but again, someone who under Bowyer, I'm sure he's going to improve as young players have shown over the past couple of years. Um, and, a, and another player that will be hungry to start to establish himself in that first team. Yeah, Davison and Morgan are both uh, 20 years old. I think with Albie, it's one of those ones where you forget how young he is because he feels like he's been around for, for a couple of years. But yeah, Josh Davison obviously had a handful of games. Got his goal, didn't he, against West Brom Lewis, that sort of close-range header, uh, which I'm sure he's delighted in. But, you know, when, when we were struggling with those injury problems, he had had a couple of opportunities out there and he did, he did okay. He didn't disgrace himself by any stretch of the imagination. But he's certainly uh, one for looking towards the future there, Josh Davison. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that there, as Tom mentions there, there are aspects of his game that are probably slightly behind Albie in terms of development. Um, I was really impressed with how he how he handled himself when he was when he had to start up front against West Brom at home back in January. You know, you're talking about the the side that are, you know battling out for for the champion, you know, for the championship trophy, and and you're starting up front pretty much on your own uh, at that age starting out in non-league football I think that it was a it was a real jump for him and I thought that he handled himself pretty well in that game and I, I, there were a few signs earlier on in the season where you could see that he was uh, he was betting in but that's the whole point I mean the, the guy's the guy's only young he's got he's got a lot of learning um, to, to go through and I, I think that both of them uh, are promising uh, young talents they're going to be great for this football club Albie I'm a huge fan of um I thought he was sensational last season um, throughout pre-season as well. He really impressed me this year. And every time he's played this season, I, I thought that he's he sort of handled himself. There's been a couple of individual errors, um, but apart from that, his, his game's been pretty bang on. And I'm, I'm really, really happy that, that Albie's put pen to paper because I was slightly worried that that he would get snapped up by somebody else. Um, and, and with Josh as well. I mean, what a place to develop as a footballer. We've got a track record of producing great young talent. So for Josh personally, he's going to be very happy that he's he's got the deal here at Charlton and he's probably in the right place now to, to develop and move up to the next stage of his career. Excellent stuff. Well, let's hear what Lee Bayer had to say about giving these two new lads uh, a contract earlier on this afternoon. It's very good for the club's future. You know, they're two young lads. Um, and, and I have to say, Albie's obviously been at the club a long time uh, since the kid coming through. And... The ability he has is, is is very good. Like technical, technically, he's very gifted. But there was one concern that, that I had, and that was his mobility. Um, but if there's one player that's come back and that lockdown has helped anybody out, it's him. And and fair play to him, he's come back a completely different machine to the one that was was at the when before we had the break. So. He's grabbed the opportunity and, and he started last weekend. And, and that's because he's hard work. He's come back sharp, fit and a completely different person. So, um, But for the club moving forward, it's good to have people like that with talent. Um, and, and Davison is, is obviously a bit different. He He's only new to the club. He, he came here this season. And he's a bit raw, but again, works so hard. Um, gives everything for the for the for the club and and another one that works so hard who deserves to get the contract and um, again they're both very young twenty years old and, and and for the future but they're in and around us now and they will keep being in and around us as long as they keep working hard and that's what I said to them today so yeah it's it's, it's good to have young talent coming through the ranks it's it's, it's the right club to be at though isn't it like a child one because you're always going to be given a chance and 
and they've they've been given theirs and they've grabbed it and um, they deserve their deal. All right, so welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Now, of course, on our return to action uh, last Saturday up at the KCOM Stadium, it was Jason Pierce who was the hero for his side with the goal on 18 minutes, the only goal of the game, his uh, first goal of the season. I wasn't, gonna, I was nearly said only goal of the season, but there's still a long time left for him to go and grab another one. Um, so uh, yeah, we caught up with Pierce after the game at the KCOM Stadium, of course, over Zoom because of the new normal. Uh, regulations. Uh, myself and Terry stayed sat up in our seats. Uh, Jason Pierce was plopped in front of a laptop, and then we spoke to him over Zoom. Uh, but this is what Jace had to say. I asked him how pleased he was uh, with the goal that he scored on Saturday. Well, obviously, I don't get many, but if I can, if I can contribute, um, my main thing is trying to keep a clean sheet uh, for the team, and then it gives us basis to work from to try and get a goal, but to score a goal and get and be the winner. And I'm, I'm obviously delighted to help the lads out and help help the club out. We know we're in, a, we're in a tough situation and everyone's seen that with off the pitch, um, on the pitch, losing players. So we've got what we've got in the, in the squad and, and we're all together. So we're just going to give it our best shot. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned that, that losing players because I mean, it was well publicised. I think it, it, it probably helped Charlton that they were the first team, I think, out of everyone to come out and say who was not going to be there. Do, do you think Lee sort of made, made, made a good decision there to get it out in the open quite early and then... You know, you come in, you had like a two-week run then knowing who you had coming into the final nine games. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's good for um, players who are playing that in their positions that are not playing like Lyle. For example, him saying he's not going to play, it gives obviously like Toma, Chooks, Naka, all, all these other players, they know they're going to get a chance and they've got to take their chance. And today, Maka and Toma were right handful up top and, and did take their chance. And Chooks has looked brilliant in pre-season. So, yeah, like other people are getting opportunities now and they obviously got to take them. So we need people to, to stand up and be counted. And, and today they did. So we just hope we can, we can do it in the final eight games. As, uh, as a captain, did you find it quite difficult to hear that there were, there were some players who didn't fancy or, or weren't in the position to play or, you know, as a footballer and a, and a family man, I guess you probably, do you feel like you understood it as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been spoke about, about a lot and I just feel... Um, as a, from a player's point of view, I understand where what again I'm bringing Lala into it. I understand where the lads are coming from, and some people have to take that stance. They got to look after themselves and their family. On the other hand, obviously, obviously from a, from my point of view as a player and a teammate, I want them to be playing. They're going to help us, and they're they're going to benefit our team. But soon, like you said, like as soon as Bo said. Um, they're not going to be involved. It just it just brings everyone together, and we know what we've got, and we're gonna we're gonna fight for each other. And I think that showed today. And, and, and just finally for a hand, yeah, and, and just uh, finally for a hand over to Terry. I mean, uh, everyone involved in football is going to be asked the same question. I mean, how was it playing in such strange circumstances? You know, normally we'd have a few hundred Chunk fans up here with us, and you know, you'd you'd, you'd be in your set routine. And um, how did you find it playing in in such such unusual circumstances. It is, it is different. Um, I, I, I said to Ollie um, after the game, I, he said, how do you find it? And I'm, I'm quite a loud person on the pitch, so it's quite nice for me because everyone can hear me. I'm telling people what to do and they can all hear me and do it doing it, so it's quite nice for me. I can, but no, it is, it is different. Obviously, it's, it's nice to play in front of a crowd and that's what you, you live for. But at the end of the day, we know where, where we, were. we were. We were in the relegation. We're out of that now. But we know we we got nine cup finals to try and keep ourselves in the league, and it's going to be tough. We're going to play against, and there's going to be lots of ups and downs. Um, but I think if we keep that as our basis, as type of performance, we will we be there or thereabouts. I've said it before on many occasions that uh, you know there are certain games where um, Jason Pierce comes to the fore uh, and scraps are one of those. You you mentioned before about Eves and then Josh McGinnis coming on, uh, big units, but uh, players that that you don't mind playing against. Yeah, and no, I, I enjoy them. I enjoy them sort of games. Um, today, yeah, I knew going into the game. I think, well, I don't know if anyone knew. Like my my wife's about to drop, um, so I actually didn't travel up with the team. Um, and I come up this morning, so I left at like seven o'clock this morning to travel up. Um, so yeah, I, I, I was hoping I wasn't going to be tired and <laughs> in the game, but I was I was I was raring to go and couldn't wait to to come up against Eves or Josh. Um, yeah, I enjoy a battle like that. There we go, Piercy. Uh, clearly pleased as punch there with that knife. And, uh, you know, it's quite a story. We sp- spoke about it a bit on Sunday show about how we obviously drove up to uh, 
uh, to the game on his own because he was sitting at home with his uh, with his pregnant wife over overnight. Um, and, and you know, in in terms of commitment and battle, um, Jason is exactly the sort of bloke we need going into this uh, this uh, this crazy last eight games of the season. Yeah, it's exactly what you need. Unlike some players that ain't bothered to turn up. So um, yeah, no, I think it's brilliant what Jason done. You know, his wife's, you know, he's been there for his wife. You know, family's come first, but then he's also made a long trip up to be with the boys as well. Um, and I think it shows why he's captain of the club. Um, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I was delighted for Piercy. I know he splits opinion with some fans, um, especially having two very good other centre halves, and obviously Tom and. Nabby, when you can only pick two, it's just it's a headache that you'd rather than not have. So, um, but delighted for him, delighted to get a goal. Just a, just a little bit fitting, really. It's that first game back, someone who's going to put his body on the line, which we've seen loads of times. And um, yeah, I was absolutely delighted with him. And it's just, I think we've we've all said it. And when the when when all of them come back, um, these this is why we you know we have to focus on the people for the players that are here the likes of Piercy and and all the others that have turned up because, you know, that sort of performance is what we really needed and it was a proper gritty sort of um, away performance, but an away performance where I thought we thoroughly deserved and uh, probably in another day we could have actually won by a lot more goals. Yeah, it was funny. It's funny though, Tom, that Nathan mentioned about the players who, who obviously didn't turn up because as, as we heard, they were asked Jason about that on Saturday and as a captain, I mean, you, you could feel, I mean, he was a bit disappointed the lads weren't there because... They're, they're members of the squad that that um, that we need, but he he made it quite clear that you know once once they're gone, they're gone, and you just concentrate on on what you've got left, really. Yeah, completely agree, and I think Nate said it. You know, he's our captain, and and you see why he's in that side. And I know I for one have been very critical of some of his performances this season, the way he likes to be very hands-on with attackers. We've seen it. He's given away penalties, obviously, at home at Preston. I remember away at Stoke. He was all over a couple of their forwards at set pieces as well, but luckily didn't get punished. And I question whether really he was maybe good enough for championship level, but he puts in performances like that. And obviously, you referred in the interview to the Wickham away game last year. He's the man for the big occasion when we need to get you know down and dirty in the trenches, and, and he does it well. And I think he leads brilliantly by example. I thought his comments were very measured, as you just said there, in, in how those players have chosen to end their season, if you like. And just like Boya, you know, he's gone, right, well, they're gone now and we're going to focus on, on who is around. And, and that's what this squad has done. I think ever since Boya's been here, really, he's cultivated that attitude of a really coherent, you know, tight-knit group. And if you're out of that group and you make the decision to be out of it, well, that's on you, but you're forgotten about and they'll concentrate on who's here and yeah, I thought he articulated that very well. Yeah, and Lewis, I'm going to ask you a really strange question here. Are we are we good at defending? Because, I mean, I know we're down the bottom of the table, but you're looking, I think there's there's nine teams with a worse goals conceded record than us, but then we went all that time without a clean sheet. So are we good at defending or are we are we okay at defending? I, I, I never really know how to sum us up in that, in that respect. Yeah, I think it's a double-edged sword, really. I think that... In one side, we've made quite a few individual errors that have led to goals for defeats. Uh, but on the other side, you look at some of the defensive displays we put on, not even just this season, but throughout the season, where people just throw their bodies on the line um, and battle it out for for whether it be a draw. Or I mean, we do we do often concede, don't we? Like at least sort of one. But we were saying earlier on in the season that we never we were never sort of getting hammered by anybody. There, there were times we were, we were about to sort of line up against the side. I remember going back to the Fulham game back in October and we are thinking, oh, this could be our first hammering of the season because, you know, Lyle was out. We had a few other players missing as well. And we ended up getting a two-all draw. West Brom as well. We thought we were going to get hammered. We didn't. The only the only hiding we've had was in that Huddersfield game, which was a completely out-of-character performance from the lads. And you look at everything else, every other result throughout the season, even the, the, the frustrating defeats that we've had, they've only been by like the odd one goal. And I think a lot of that has come down to sort of individual errors. We have shot ourselves in the foot one too many times this season. But when it comes to sort of throwing everything on the line and, and giving everything for your side, I think that we do that admirably. So... I, I think on both sides it, it works out. There are, there are games that we we probably would have lost this season but haven't because of the way we've defended and the way we've battled. And there are games where 
we probably should have won the odd one nils where we've maybe fallen asleep at a set piece or we've given the ball away from a wayward pass or um you know something like that so i think i think that as a defense i think we have actually got quite good options and, and quite a solid unit we've got uh you know we've got a couple of fit left backs which we haven't had for a while we've got we've got matthews playing really well at right back again he was fantastic saturday we've got Deji, who who impressed as well out left, started a bit a bit wobbly, but really grew into the game. And then, as as mentioned there, you've got Nabby, Nabby, Piercy, and and Locks in the middle as well. And, and all of them have have done their job and their duty when they've come in and played. So defensively, I think we're pretty sound. I'd, I'd probably say we've got better defenses than the people in our immediate competition to stay in the division. Excellent stuff. Right before we just have one final look ahead, then to. Uh, Saturday's home game with QPR. I thought we ought to uh, check in with the Charlton Athletic women's side. Um, had such a successful season last year on their, their, their maiden campaign uh, in the women's uh, championship, finishing third, uh, just five points off promotion to the Super League. Uh, but this year, uh, things very much sort of caught up with them. They lost a few key players, the likes of Kit Graham and uh, Liz Ajupi and Charlotte Gurr, uh, amongst many others. Uh, and, and they had a really tough time of it this year. They were bottom uh, of the championship table as we went into lockdown, although they did still have two games in hand they did have chances to uh to, to avoid relegation but as it happens uh, the season was uh, curtailed um and it was decided there would be no relegation from the championship this season there was promotion from it Aston Villa were promoted up into the Super League and Liverpool came down from the Super League into the championship for next year so that's a huge club to be playing uh, in in uh, women's football next year but I thought it'd be a nice time then to catch up with Ritesh Mishra the manager of the women's team uh, earlier on today the women's team also tweeted some information about how they're looking for some support uh, from uh, from the fans uh, to help the club uh, keep going next year. So listen to listen out for that at the end of this little chat with Ratish uh, to find out more about how you can uh, support the women's team going forward. But first of all, I caught up with Ratish uh, to ask him how we felt last season went overall. Um, yeah, it was a tough season for us. Um, we the, the previous year we we definitely over, you know massively overachieved, and I think a consequence of that was we lost a lot of our core players from that group. Um, so it was it was a real re- rebuilding kind of season last year, um, and it was yeah it was, a, it was a real tough one for us. Unfortunately, you know we didn't end up where we wanted to. We knew it was going to be a, a bit of a fight and a relegation battle last season, um, but we we did kind of rebuild a new young group, um, and we were starting to turn a corner. And I was very confident that we would have kind of finished uh, above the, the bottom pack at the end of the season. But obviously lockdown hit. Um, so we weren't able to prove that. Mm, yeah, it, it was it was a weird one, really, because I guess um, I, mean, I, I went to a, a couple of the games and, you know, the Blackburn at home, you got beat sort of late on, but it was a, a very even yeah. game. I remember the opening game of the season, I think, was a, a goalless draw with, with, with Lewis that was, that was pretty yeah. even as well. It, it didn't feel like there was a massive gulf between you and the, the sides around you that you were playing. Was it? Was, do you think it was just a case yeah. of you just seemed to be unable to, to, to sort of finish teams off when, 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 you, when you had chances and stuff? Yeah, I mean, with obviously not getting the results we, means you do a lot of analysis and looking into everything in detail. And if you look, you look at the stats and how we felt as a team, we were playing really well. We weren't conceding many goals, but we just weren't converting our chances. That was the big difference. You know, we had players previous seasons who could create and score out of nothing. And um, season just gone, we just didn't have um, probably enough confidence. Um and enough players to be able to finish our chances. And then the longer those types of games go on, I think the confidence then starts to go out of the squad. Um, and yeah, I think given that we also had a young group, um, not being able to finish teams off became a little bit of a burden. So you're right, it was really close. We never got battered by anybody. Um, we, we had everybody, um, so we gave everybody quite close contests, which is why I was still confident that we would have got out of um, you know, being at the bottom of the league mm. without games in hand, um, and we're definitely getting better as the season is going on. Yeah, I mean, I guess any any team in that division that loses the likes of Kit Graham and Lizzie Jupe, um yeah. is always going to struggle for for, for goals. Um, I mean, the, yeah. going on to how how the season was ended, then obviously it was, um, you know, the the various votes were had, and and we did see teams going up into the into the Super League, Aston Villa, and, and obviously Liverpool coming yeah. down, which is Quite exciting, but Charlton, yeah. uh, I don't know if let, let off the hook is the right way to say, because you, yeah. you still had games in hand and, and, and the, there was still plenty of the season left to play, but you, you have been given a reprieve here. 
Um, what, yeah. what did you make of the decision that was made overall? Uh, I think it was the right decision was to end the season. I think the longer it went on, um, the more difficult it was becoming for players and clubs to you know probably just to survive. I think the structure of women's championship is you know probably equivalent to League Two um, going into non-league in the men's system. Um, so that a lot of clubs were in a fragile state if we were expected to carry on without having additional funding to help us get through the season. Um, so I think that the right decision was to end the end the season. Um, I, you know, I think as a club, we, we all recognise that Aston Villa were probably the best team in the division. Um, I thought it was quite harsh, obviously, that Liverpool dropped down. Um, but, you know, I don't think anybody was able to make the right decision. It was just probably the best of... Um, difficult decisions to make at the time. Um, to the question of did we get let off the hook, I, I mean, I, I'm going to say no because we had games in hand and we were playing well. So I, I, I'm actually disappointed that we weren't able to finish the season and prove that we weren't statistically the worst team in the division because I think we were far from that. Um, but, you know, thankfully for us, points per game system didn't mean we would get relegated because of the null and void seat. Um, pyramid before us in tiers three and four and five uh, so it gives us another opportunity next year and at least we've got clarity now that we're going to be in the division and we can start to plan ahead yeah and and, and planning ahead i guess is the is the most important thing now um obviously the 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 club released uh, a bit of an appeal for for sponsorship from from supporters yeah. uh, various different packages uh, i'm sure charlton live will be taking one of those up quite quite shortly because um you know, the, 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 there has been no money coming in with the with, with no games going on, so it's going to make it you know diff, difficult going forward for for Charlton as well as a lot of clubs. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, if you look at the the clubs that are in our division, there's a split between uh, clubs that are in the Premier League, the, the men's equivalent, um, and then there are other clubs who, who don't have uh, Premier League men's clubs, so we don't have um, you know lots of finances to draw upon. So we're very, very reliant on uh, gate receipts, money coming in through advertising and sponsorship at game days. That's our big revenue. Um, and it's likely with the virus, of course, that at least the first half of this season is going to be behind closed doors. We're not confirmed yet, but that's what it was expected. And because of the virus, a lot of our usual um, income streams and sponsorships haven't quite come through yet so it is going to be a difficult period not just for us but many clubs um so the more i know the club put out a statement today seeking some support i know there's been you know men's clubs doing the same the more help we can get um you know, it'll be so appreciated because we've got a fantastic group of players you know great staff um who just need a little bit of help to get us through the season um, and you know, I'm hoping that everybody could draw on, draw upon anything they have to, to help us get through. There we go, then, Ratish Mishra. Um, and as you heard at the end, obviously, with the the crisis that's going on and the fact that we won't be able to get fans in for for a while yet, um, the women's team are after some sort of support. There's there's various sponsorship packages. Uh, from as little as ten pounds up to uh, up to as much as you can afford, really. If you'd like to support the women's team, I'm certain that uh, Charlton Live will be uh, delving into our little kitty to make sure that we can put some money into the women's team going forward as well, because it's a great outfit, it's a great team, uh, it's a great day out as well. When when we get the chance to go back down there, make sure you get to a, a few women's games down at down at Crayford uh, at the Oakwood to to cheer the girls on, uh, and, and like we say, put your hand in your pocket if you can and help a, a good club uh, keep continuing going on. Uh, you know, for the foreseeable future. Right, let's uh, just have your final look ahead then to Saturday. I guess we ought to think about some sort of predictions, lads. So uh, it's a tough one, I guess, because there's a lot of unknowns. But Tom, how, how do you see it going Saturday? I think, yeah, it is going to be difficult because as you say, we haven't really had a lot to match up against. But I think based on what I saw last week, I go back to what I said right at the start of the show. I think we've got enough in it to to get something um, I don't think we can really write in too much about home advantage obviously um, given that there's not going to be anyone there but I think we've got enough um, I'd take a point happily um, because I think any point is a good one at the moment but you know Pierce said it himself and we've said it a couple of times on the show Boya does well at these little mini seasons if you like and certainly coming back after a break after pre-seasons and, and when he came into the job the first time that little run at the end of that season so 
I think we're a team that people will probably not want to have to play right now. Um, and I think there's certainly every chance we could grab all three points. So what's your goal? What's your, what's your prediction? Your score prediction? Uh, I'll say 2-0. Lovely stuff. Lewis, how do you see it going Saturday? What's your score prediction? Yeah, I was going to say 2-0 as well, actually. I think another clean sheet for deals. Lovely stuff. And Nathan? Nathan, what's your score prediction, please? Uh, oh. uh, probably go 1-1. Uh, 1-1, one, one. One, one, yeah. Well, better than nothing, I guess. Excellent stuff. Right, let's uh, draw this uh, big match preview to an end then. Thank you to all of you who have listened uh, throughout the show. Thanks to Lee Bayer, uh, to Jason Pierce, and to Ratish Mishra uh, for joining us on the show this week. I've been uh, Louis Mendes. Thanks to Nathan, to Tom, and to Lewis. Cheers, mate. Good to speak to you all. And we'll be back on Sunday uh, again with a podcast to look back at whatever happens against uh, QPR. Hopefully, it'll be another three points for them, Charlton boys. It gets us that little bit closer to championship safety. We'll speak to you on Sunday evening. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 